Happy Advent, everybody, and welcome to another very special Gaudete version of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty as we await this incredible gift of Christmas. You can go more deeply into this great adventure of marriage and family at ilovemyfamily.us. And in fact, very shortly, we are going to do that ourselves, aren't we, Steph? Over the last year, we've had some pretty fabulous guests. You really should check it out at IgniteRadioLive.com. If you're working out, if you're going for a road trip, some very, very inspiring and challenging, encouraging episodes that really seek to reach deep inside of culture. What's happening? How is the Holy Spirit alive and working among us in the midst of our challenges? And I might even offer this to set off tonight. It's a phrase that captures me at last week's presence for Christmas, and it's really kind of defining this Advent for me and uh, really maybe even our program, Ignite Radio Live, and what we're all about. I love my family. Uh, US. It's simply this faith without friction is fiction. I'll say it again faith without friction is fiction. Think about all of the challenges, the pressbacks that you get, that we all get just getting up in the morning, right? Uh, Much less the tasks that we have. Do we not feel and experience something pushing back on us? But brothers and sisters, without friction, we couldn't walk, we couldn't speak, we couldn't do so many things. It is precisely the pushback that strengthens those muscles of faith. And they really are revealed to an excellent degree by the saints, um, our Blessed Mother Mary, who this past week we celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Okay, I'm really getting fire hosey here, aren't I? I'm just saying, go to those programs at IgniteRadioLive.com because I think you're going to connect in each episode with some area, some issue that reveals a kind of friction that we all feel, which calls forth a kind of faith and the amazing gift of this radio program, of this radio station. Thank you, Dave and company. That allows us to be connected, to really truly live holy communion, to become a holy community. So you mentioned presents for Christmas, Gregory. And since we're being so folksy tonight, I'm going to get folksy about presents for Christmas. How was last week? Good. We can talk about that in a moment. All right. But um, just wanted to extend the invite to all of you listeners to join us for the next two. So December 13th, um, which is when this is airing so <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know how that works so let's the 20th, go let's go 20th let's go the 20th so december 20th our final presence for christmas journey to bethlehem just warmly invite you to join us it doesn't matter if you've been to the last two um they are standalones in and of themselves obviously awesome if you were there just for the build-up and such but it's 7 p.m begins at 7 and we really try to wrap it up by 8 15 um more like 8 30 to be honest but okay i thought we had 8 15 well we do but you gotta have a little flex time okay so 7 to 8 30 but you can leave at 8 15 if you need to um but shout out to laura brown father mike dandran the community over there at holy trinity of which um, immaculate conception mary grove is under and it's just it, it was really when we can talk about it more in a bit but just such a grace-filled night on so many levels but what i wanted to bring up listening to your faith, bring it up faith without friction My fire is hosing fiction. um yeah i'm just gonna be that little faucet right now maybe <laughs> the first time 
that I was given a little mini tour of that beautiful church. Apparently the church had been hit by a tornado two mm. different times. Yep. And there's some neat, miraculous stories that surround it that had to do with the statue of Our Lady and such, and which are really cool, save for another time when I know the details more accurately. Um, but the one thing that, that really stood out to me is if you've ever been out there, you notice that the front doors of the church are not in the front of the church. So the main entrance is actually to the side. They knew that the winds of a tornado, that was what had happened the previous two times, was through the front doors right there. Hmm. And so to move it to the side really eliminated that option, if you will, just the way that it happens. Don't know the science behind it. I'm trusting Laura. But that is... um, that is what they did. So to tie it in to what you were saying, Greg, just kind of like if we know those areas in our life mm. where temptation or the evil one just swoops in so good. and causes havoc and um, destruction, like let's come up with a plan in prayer, in mentorship, in speaking to someone that you trust, in spiritual reading, whatever that looks like for you in your state of life, like where let's move those doors to a side where we only allow the good to come in. So it just struck me as you were, you know, talking because... Great tie-in. Yeah, just kind of like, what a lesson for life, right? And if you're hearing our voices right now, just humbly appealing to you to please partner with us. Uh, We are about marriage and family, living it out, discovering, proclaiming, living and building the kingdom. We create resources and tools. We've been doing this for nine years now. Um, It is a full-time mission. Uh, Just to be very candid with you, we have a couple months of sustainability. That's it. We don't charge money for most of what we do. And we are so grateful for those who, it doesn't matter how big or how small, but if you'd even just, as you hear my voice, uh, pray about how the Lord might be moving you to bless us. We've got a board that very much actively directs this, leaders throughout our community. And uh, again, it's making a difference. It's making an impact where it matters most in answering that question. Following any big event, um, any great podcast, book, series, which of us are not left asking the big question, now what? Right? How can I make my home like Crisio or Chirp or Ignite or Axe? How can we live this? That is, uh, if you agree with us that that is the key question today, living it in our marriages and families, that is 100% what we're about with uh, many other families joining us. So again, where can you donate? Where can you benefit us? Go to massimpact.us forward slash partner or just go to massimpact.us and you'll see the partner tab we do invite you to pray for us and certainly join us in supporting us financially so are you ready greg i'm ready you ready you ready to live I'm still it still ready you ready to be guided no, I should say I'm hungry to be ready because I'm always fighting with some kind of distraction. So maybe even that's the first step is getting rid of distraction because we know that God wants to fill our souls with something wonderful and great and the debris that's in the way isn't worth it. So I'm going to choose to try to be ready. All right. That's good. Good answer. Good answer. Obviously, the Live It Gathering Guide, we encourage you to use all through the year. But if your Advent has just been a whirlwind of you know, chaos and decorating and shopping and this is and that's, and I get it, that stuff needs to be done, right? But I encourage you in this last week or two um, to just gather your family together, even if it's just you and your spouse who are left at home, 
connect, make that time to do this together. So make it your Advent prayer night, you know, just, and again, we invite you to journey with us to Bethlehem, a.k.a. Presents for Christmas, December 20th. Um, Mary Grove Immaculate Conception, 7 p.m., which would be a beautiful addition and kind of ties into that. Many of you who are listening right now, as we're telling you now, as we have for nine years throughout about this Live It Gathering Guide, based upon Sunday readings, it is a great way to bring your family together to talk and pray. And I might even use the language or the insight of Pope Benedict. This sounds all nerdy and heady, but it is very real. It is very tangible. It is very relevant. It is very impactful. Simply this, that we may have religion and ritual. You may be faithful to going on Sundays and praying novenas and rosaries, all of which are very powerful. Of course, the liturgy, source, and summit. But are we creating an atmosphere to encounter relationship at the heart of ritual, at the heart of religion? We all want that. And I would say to you now, age 55, uh, Stephanie and I are very blessed to have our first married children, and a new grandchild and now blessed uh, to have a new future daughter-in-law. Joseph is newly engaged to Abby Smith, a wonderful part of this past week. And let me tell you this, and to be united with dozens of their peers following Joseph's proposal, we had a bit of a celebration at the wonderful Smith home of Aaron and Jimmy Smith. So delighted. Uh, and we um, were so blessed in that context to hear uh, just stories of joy, of delight, of friendship, of community. And uh, Joseph led us afterwards. He said, you know, we're giving glory to God here. That's the purpose of our, mar- of our, of our coming marriage. It's the purpose of our relationship and led us in a time of praise and worship. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a comfort level. There was a comfort level and a focus um, for everybody that that you felt streams of living water flowing through us. So what we're speaking of here tonight, lit gathering. Do you need to have a guitarist? Do you need to do no. You don't. But we do need to recognize the gift of relationship, to to have that curiosity about one another. I'd say that's the goal. That's the motive that brings us together is to have a curiosity and a deep interest in what's going on under the hood of these people that God has given me to love. What are their struggles? What are their challenges? You know, and how am I blessed by giving them an opportunity to share that? How am I blessing them by actually being attentive to them and listening to them. So Steph, set the stage a little bit. Let's presume that our listeners know nothing about this Live It Gathering Guide. We're going to go through it and uh, actually get to this week's corresponding to this coming Sunday. So we invite you to go to ilovemyfamily.us where you will right now. see right now. Did you catch that right now? Well, wait a second. (laughs) 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 I love my family dot US. Can I just say I love the dot US one because us is communal, right? Yes. And the US, like, let's not lose sight amidst the craziness of stuff in our country. That we are a blessed nation, one nation under God. Amen. So I love my family dot US. Beacon of light. Keep going. To the world. Preach it. Pretty much that. Okay. (laughs) So once again, go there now. I love my family.us. And you will see after you click on the gathering guide option, um, there's really just a one page description with different links and such in it. So hopefully it's pretty easy to follow. And we're going to kind of go through it mostly um, step by step. But obviously for you and your family or you and your spouse or you and your group of friends, 
make it your own, which is one of the rules, which we'll talk about. But whatever you're able to do in that time frame or what jumps out or even just breaking the ice to get you to do it um, or divide it up amidst a couple different times. But so there we go. The Live It Gathering Guide. We're going to do the family edition. Are you ready? I'm ready. Give us the three rules which are applicable to life beyond even just the guide. Okay. Some, on us. Something that we have found um, both in our own family and um, from other families sharing when they have done this, these rules have really um, instilled and fostered deeper um, lessons, if you will. So the first rule is love. And how we kind of fill that out is to respect others. Don't interrupt. Listen with real interest and care and encouragement. So who doesn't want to instill in their children and encourage in their spouses <laughs> better listening, right? To really enter in with a heart of love and respect. And, and not interrupt as I am right uh, now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me, with not interrupting, with real intent, eyeball to eyeball listening, with real interest and care. That's um, a challenge. That is friction. It is. For all of us that fosters faith, because you always have kids and parents that want to be the one to be heard. And in this culture, which of us don't think that that is a tremendous challenge uh, in our solipsisms, right? Which is to say these devices have made us kind of, uh, I don't know, totally controlling and and uh, have diminished our the gift of reaching outside of ourselves and being attuned to the good of another. So um so yes, so love, 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 love is the first simple I'm gonna play the Beatles role. song. Yes. Um number 2, environment. It really is important to set the stage for success, if you will. If you're amidst a lot of chaos and mess and phones and devices and this is and that's, you're really setting yourself up for failure. Um, so we encourage you to make the environment one where it's not crazy. F certainly Turn off phones, put phones aside, put them in a basket, put them in the little phone jail, whatever that looks like. That's funny. Phone jail. Um, are you the warden of the phone jail? Absolutely. You, you know that. You are in our house. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, you know, also, if you want to do, you know, light a candle or set up a little prayer place, if you want to, you know, really make it special or do something different, have a fun beverage, you know, hot chocolate or tea or something more adult-like, if you would like, for the adults. Um, Greg? A couple of weeks ago, we had our um, last core community gathering. What is that? We want to form communities of families that come together and commit themselves to seasons of growth. And we have um, a night once a month for couples, a night once a month for families. Anyways, in the last night, just to punctuate how powerful this environment factor is, these families, I don't know, there are 12 that are in our group, and they weren't all there that night night, but, but many of them were with little kids. And when it came to the time of prayer, we clicked the lights off and simply had candles lit. That alone uh, subdued the souls, the minds, the imaginations, the attention of the oldest down to the youngest. It kind of you know, focused us and availed us to um, the presence of God. There was something mysterious, something different. So I'm just giving a bit of a testimony of that environment piece and uh, the difference it can make, environment can make. And so love is number one. Two, environment. What's the third, Steph? And three, glad you asked. I already touched on it. Make it your own. So remember, this is just a guide. Do what works best for you. Again, pull it apart. Do different portions in different places or <clears> different <throat> days or, you know, focus on one area. Certainly, we encourage you to do the whole thing because it's 
the potent and powerful um, in that realm. But uh, don't let it be like, oh, I don't have time for all of it or I don't, you know, my kids aren't ready for this part or whatever, which is not true. But don't let it stop you from doing it. Make it your own to be able to enter into it and build from there. So away we go. I love my family.us. You will see a link for the Live It Gathering, two versions, the family and the, uh, the group. You can get together with a group of people. And of course, my computer just decided to go to screensavers. So That's okay. A- so I just, I'm going to be cheesy. Like looking at you, Greg, I, when you said I love my family, I love you. Like, thank you. So blessed by you. You rock my world. Thank you. All right. So, folks, the first part of this we simply call family relationships. And there are live it fun questions and daily questions. So we're going to go to live it fun questions. By the way, if you've never done this before, one of the funnest things to do just to break the ice. And if this is all you do is gather together. That's a victory, by the way, just gathering together, giving them the rules. But go through the fun questions. Um, Steph, I'm just going to give you a number. It just jumped out at me of a fun question I'm going to ask you to answer. It's number seven. If I could eat only one food for an entire week, it would be. Gosh, it should be an easy I don't know why, because I was looking at you, and I know what you like, and I enjoy it too, but steak was the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, How do you like your steak? Well, I like it rare, or medium rare at the most, but Go I was going to say well done, but not well done as in the cooking time, done well, well. well prepared. Done well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm... Salads, I love... Sa- How about yeah. steak salad? We'll, we'll steak and salad? Steak salad. All right, fine. It's Maybe. Good. <laughs> I don't know. Pick a number for me. Um, how about 14? Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of fun. Um, if I could have any toy, it would be... Wow. You know, I've been thinking about this, that, remember, folks, remember the days when we were little, those of us who were older than age, 45, 50, around Christmas time, you'd get the catalog, right? Sears, uh, JCPenney. And as little kids, at least we would go through this. And, you know, my parents, I don't know if they asked us to, but maybe we just did it. We'd get a sheet of paper and we'd write down the toys that we'd want, knowing that we wouldn't get a fraction of those. But it was fun to dream, right? It was fun to imagine. Anyways... As a boy, I liked boy things. Like I thought guns, walkie-talkies, just cool gadgety things were always really, really interesting to me. Anyways, it occurred to me the last few years how much really the cell phone, mobile, modern technology is kind of the all-in-one Swiss army knife of toys. Like it's got the games, it's got the communication, interactions. So many different things are built into that one device. We're not going to talk about it now. It is a can be a real gift. It can also be divisive, duly noted. So, anyways, with that known, um, if I could have any toy, it would be, can I have, like, a big, like, man toy? You can answer this question however you deem fit. So, because I've always grown up on the water, okay, toy is toy, right? A huge yacht with all the financial resources to pay for its upkeep because we know boats are holes in the water through which we throw money. We don't have a boat, but growing up on the water, I know that that's the thing. I I think it would be really awesome to have a place. And by the way, not just for me, like I just want to be in my yacht and it's cool on the water, love it, love the whole Jesus is always on the water doing his thing. And that connects with me deeply. The water is where many things have happened in my life. And I think to have family and friends in an occasion that atmosphere that environment 
environment. So if any of you guys have a couple million lying around, you just want to throw our way to have a yacht for the purposes of ministry, we would make it really awesome. (laughs) I'm going to go yacht. I can't believe that you picked yacht, but I did tell you that you could answer it however you interpreted it. Can I jump back to something real quick? I'm not going to say no. Of course you won't. Um, You had mentioned cell phone. And we had mentioned cell phone in the environment piece. I was listening to something this past week that stood out to me. It was probably from a few years ago, some podcast or something. It was on Catholic Radio, Go Annunciation. Um, but it was a uh, someone had made the comment that our generation, so Greg, you're 55, I'm 52, mm-hmm. um, so our peers and such as we're dealing, and then the generation right under us, right? But we were the first, if you will, to have to um, experience, I'll use a nice word, ch- our <laughs> children with a newfound culture of smartphones, mm which was a game changer in regards to parenting. Sure. Right? Culture, so everything. Our parents never had to deal with that. In fact, someone had compared it to um, the last time something so monumental affected a culture so deeply, in particular in family life, was the printing press. And so that struck me. So, but And then it was a real encouragement for parents and certainly a show for another time about, you know, different ways to deal with that. But more so, th- I just want to highlight the encouragement of just being in there in the thick of it and the challenges. And there's no handbook ever for parenting, right, other than God's goodness and direction. But um, so, yeah, just I just thought that was really interesting. So all the more reason to uh, be aware. One great resource, just since you do touch on this, and it is the season of giving gifts and kids are clamoring at some age for that smartphone, mobile phone. There's a lot of great guidance as to when you should give them one and under what circumstances. Do pray about it though. I I do encourage you though, as we did all of our children at whatever point that was, we we required their reading Catherine Price's How to Break Up with Your Phone. Uh, It is the, the prognosis of this book is not as bleak as the title says they're not saying break up like get rid of it it is describing the the many factors the forces the powers that play in the development of these that are that are meant to be dopamine dispensers right or one described the other day you know porn studio in your pocket it is potentially and with the stats Sorry, that's what it is, especially if you're not going to put um, filters, <clears throat> filters or, or controls on this thing. And and there are strong implications for the way it wires the brain relationships that, as you su- suggest, Stephanie, is nothing short of monolithic. So that book, How to Break Up with Your Phone by Catherine Price. And there are others, too, I'm sure. But that was the one that was most um prevalent when our kids were reaching that age. I do have to say that when I've been in the group of adults asking the question, what one thing do you perhaps wish you had done differently? Every single, there's not a single parent who had given their child a mobile phone at a younger age, and I mean grade school, even early high school, there's not a single parent who did not minimally regret it entirely, and everyone had some strong misgivings about the absence of managing it. And um, folks, there's always, you know, the good is the enemy of the great. There's always the excuses. We know this. We've got six kids. Hey, uh, I play soccer. I need to have a phone to call you. Um, Does it need to be a smartphone? Um, are there other options besides smartphones to do this? My, my point would be hold off as long as you can. And I'm going to just punctuate one more thing. 
when we've been in homes and we've been in many, many homes and we see the culture of the kids, the difference between homes whose kids do not have smartphones and are not plugged into electronic electronic stuff versus those who are is absolutely categorically decisive. The difference in the joy, the peace, the delight, the freedom, the conversation, uh, the conversation. The I mean, the formation, I'm going to say this again, the formation of those homes whose kids are not inundated with devices, there is no no comparison of the health of their souls, their minds, their hearts. So just, you know, this is not meant to shame. It's meant to bless. And by the way, those of us who maybe feel we're too far gone, it's where you feel, you know, we let something go. We should have maybe stepped in. It's never too late. And it does take prayer, right? It does take some tact. It does take some conversation. But I have to say this very strongly also. God appointed and anointed us to be parents. Yes, He appointed us to make the tough decisions. It is difficult. Uh, if I could repeat a phrase, faith without friction is, is fiction. And I'll say now that our children are older, Anne Marie, our eldest, 24, down to Dominic, 17, we put up with a lot, not a lot, we put up with some crap uh, and pushback in certain things. Not big moral things, fortunately. You just said about it. <clears throat> well, you know, there's an appropriate <laughs> not use of to it. Say that in our house. So, you know, we put up with some things that now, uh, to, to the person, they recognize and are grateful for our stepping in and having guidelines and boundaries. And I might again point to Meg Meeker's book, um, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. No is a love language. I mean, no, when your kids are pushing, can I go to so-and-so's house? Can I have this device? Can I do this? Why do you have the filters? No is a language that addresses their deepest question of, do you care enough about me? Think about that. Their, their deepest heart, when they're pushing into something that their consciences tell them isn't altogether right, and you know they're kind of going with the flow, the pressure, the friends, when they approach you, they're looking for help from a stronger person, their parents, to validate the deepest truth that they know. They're not going to acknowledge it in the moment, but I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, five years later, they're going to say, thank you. Thank you for having the audacity to be a parent. We are not perfect. We are far from it. We have not (laughs) done things perfectly, you know, even present day, as we still have some younger adult-ish children, you know, relational challenges and trying to figure that out the best way to address them. And um, so, yeah, so that there's no easy answers, but we know that the easy answer is Jesus in it. And I don't say that capriciously, just that constant turning and mm-hmm. um, in prayer and in processing and talking to good, holy mentors and friends. And um, so I just want to, we're not saying we have all the answers. If you want somebody to pray with you, if you need some guidance or advice, if you'd like to plug into these core communities as parents and experience that kind of strength and reinforcement, check us out alive at massimpact.us. Send me an email alive at massimpact.us if anything that I just said. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, we've got so much that's too far gone, help. Or maybe, hey, my husband doesn't agree with me or my wife doesn't agree with me in these difficult circumstances, help. We want to be an occasion of helping you. And let me follow that up again just with a brief, keep us, keep us going. 
Keep us going on this air and in this movement. We would love to see this holy Toledo reverberating throughout this country to be a culture of ever-deepening encounter with Christ. We can't do it alone. We invite your prayers and support. We don't charge, so we just ask you in your hearts to recognize uh, if we're what we're about and uh, join us at massimpact.us. Click on that partner tab. Well, that was an unintended <clears throat> tangent, <laughs> meant to be an encouragement for parents, so hopefully it was. But just parenting is not for the faint of heart, and hopefully this can be a tool to kind of diving more deeply into the hearts of the Trinity. So that was my little segue back. So where are we at? We just so we, we did, did the, the fun, rules, the fun questions. Fun questions. Now, drum roll. So daily questions maybe are the heart of this. Now, we're going to get to the gospel, the readings, and we ask simple questions, and those obviously <clears throat> connect us to the Mass. But the daily questions are really tapping our most fundamental DNA, uh, the, patterned after Christ. Built into these questions is an invitation through questions, uh, through being attuned to our family members and responding to these questions, awakens us to our Christ-like nature. So I'm going to speak these five questions, and then Stephanie and I are going to offer our answers to them in this very moment. And we invite you to do the same again at ilovemyfamily.us. And uh, we say daily because there are occasions to answer them you know, as you're driving your kids in the car to, to soccer, you know, around the table, uh, supper, lunch, uh, hanging out. These are just good questions to ask that build that, again, that relationship at the heart of ritual and relationship. I remember one of our first core communities that we did a handful <clears throat> of years ago. There was a, a single mom who um, shared with us that these daily questions were a game changer for mm. her family culture. And that's all they did. That's all they started out with. They didn't, you know do the full live it guide and the this is and the that's they worked their way there but the um i just remember how moved she was at the impact that you know just doing these questions over the dinner table or in the car made for her family so take with, it away with no further ado five questions again printed at i love my family.us you'll find them in the guide we even have little cards with these on so here they are number one Everybody would go around in your family and say something you're grateful for. Number two, a recent victory. Three, a current challenge. Four, an affirmation of someone. And five, something meaningful happening. So, Stephanie, to you, something you're grateful for. So, what I need to do with these questions, because my mind goes in a gazillion different directions, is whatever pops into my mind first. So, something... I'm grateful for the first thing that came to mind was um, our son Joseph's engagement I to Abby and the part of it that I'm grateful for. And again, when you guys do these questions together, they can be very brief answers or filled out a little bit. So or Let filled out a lot. You described it a little bit, but um, just grateful for the gift of faith that we were blessed with and that our children were open to as we have endeavored to pass it along and to grow them in that. So, um, you know, that Joseph chose the Feast of the Immaculate Conception to propose to Abby, mm. you know, just Our Lady's protection and honor and mantle, if you will. And then um, leading right up to the engagement part, other things were part of it, but um, they were on a rosary walk. So even that piece of it, like I'm so mm -hmm. grateful um, that that is part of who he is, mm -hmm. who they are. Um, 
Yeah, so just that and then jumping ahead to the celebration that you spoke of, you know, after the engagement and such, just the prayer and the praise and the Um. hearts and uh, to be able to, for a young couple, evidently in love, you know, and excited beyond excitement at the the marriage, right, that was just um, brought forward, if you will, the promise of that that their hearts were so full of gratitude and praise mm-hmm. and that it wasn't toward each other, although that's a piece of it, right? But just to see them with their hearts truly lifted to the Lord in praise and thanksgiving. So longer answer. Um, I don't know how to sum that up. That's what I'm grateful for. <laughs> for my response, I'm going to magnify that a little bit, Steph, and just go back to our moving to Toledo. We're coming up on a 10th year anniversary. In May. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, for me, January. Um, anyways, we've been here then, so that will mark 10 years. Mm-hmm. And what parent desires anything more than their children having access to godly, faith-filled others and opportunities? And as I say that, I know yours and my hearts f- are flooded with people from five. Mm-hmm. Father Adam, you know, Father Pugmeyer, whom I stayed with, just godly people. Bill Nolner, one of the first men that I met here in this area. So many people. Uh, anyways, along those lines, even the choice of the home that we picked was with hopes that it would be near a parish that had life teen at the time. It was, I think, much more of a formidable program. And so delighted to find out about this Damascus at the time, which is called Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and uh, Joseph getting plugged into that, and uh, all of our children participating in that uh, when it was just itinerant, it didn't have a home base. It was kind of traveling. All that to make the point that coming through high school, Joseph had a full scholarship to the only school he applied to and uh, discerned that, you know, hey, I'm really meant to be a missionary at least for a year at this place called Damascus CYSC. And, you know, Steph's in my kind of, huh, you don't just easily throw away the gift of a full scholarship while most of the world is asking the big questions. How do I work? Where do I, you know, how do I make this happen? You have it handed to you, son. I was a little more emotional than that. (laughs) She was. I mean, so I I support it. I'm I'm conveying sort of of tracing for everybody here uh, the blessing that led up to being forged in that community for greater discipleship and faith and the validation, which is extraordinarily rare, of having a gift such as leading worship and writing music, which he's very gifted at, to actually signing a contract with one of the biggest music uh, publishers, providers, whatever the term one may use. We're going to be in January to sign, actually see him sign that contract. <clears throat> but the same company with Matt Marr and Casting Crowns, he's already written music with Matt Marr, which at the time, again, go back eight years, he was playing music of Matt Mars now they're close friends all that not to name drop or convey but just how God anointed his um, discernment and his choice and he had to go against some friction to do it bringing us to the point this past Friday of celebrating the engagement and seeing both the aspect of their engagement Thursday it's Thursday and the point of their engagement talking about marriage being with this community and having the capacity if you will as a husband and a father to provide doing something he loves to do you know, it's almost fairy tale. Uh, it really is. And I'd say the same thing for Anne Marie and, uh, and and some of our other children as it seems to be aligned. And I just maybe want to make this point because it doesn't always turn out that way, right? We get hit with unforeseen circumstances. We're battling a significant disease with one of our daughters that, that you know, some might say derails it. Again, friction. But all of that to convey wherever you folks are at in your lives, just want to give proclamation that we are so imperfect we're so far from the mark, but if we at least profess that we want to seek Jesus, we want to make him 
our everything and make choices based upon him again, which we fall short of, he tends to light put those lights on the side of the path that that in the darkness align that path and um, to give us community as an occasion to pursue them. I have to say there's no greater delight than that. It doesn't take away the struggles. Joseph and Abby and the rest of us and all of you who know what I'm talking about will continue to face them. But there's nothing like knowing you know, that we're seeking God's will, that we're willing to set aside other distractions and to pursue them. So that's what I'm grateful for. Steph, a recent victory. So um, I'm just going to categorize this as a victory. We were um, had the opportunity, if you will, just to have one of our children home, and just with us, our youngest son, Dominic, those of you who know us well. And that was kind of the plan, or what, what we saw this year unfolding as, mm. um, was just you and I and Dominic at home, and then circumstances were what they were that um, kept or brought back um, so now there's we have three kids living here full time. <laughs> um, and so it was a, a a gift. So it sounds more like a gratitude. And I am grateful for the special time we had together um, and just the peace and the just the change up of the environment. Right. Mm. Um, but a victory would be stepping back and just seeing God's hand in everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just in so many ways and how he gives us these little oasises or change ups um, to uh, be fortified a little bit more. So the the victory I'm claiming is the openness to the grace to see that Mm. Um, a dear friend repeated a line from something she heard in a homily at her parish. And it was God's plan has no fault. And so that hit me too, just kind of in the Powerful. overall, um, like, so if we can be open to that, that's a victory for us all, just to acknowledge his sovereignty and his will. And, and I, you know, they say God's plan is perfect. God's timing is perfect. God, you know, but I don't know why that phrasing hit me more directly. Like there's no fault mm. in God's plan. So a recent victory for me, it's beautiful. Thank you. A year ago, a little over a year ago, I was in the hospital um, with COVID, uh, emergency room, pretty significantly battling. And a close doctor friend who was monitoring a lot of this had told my wife, which she was kind of selective in sharing this, but it was later that she shared it that this doctor friend had said, you just need to get him released from the hospital so he can die at home. So was that consequential? Fast forward, uh, the the months that followed, both the personal battle, uh, the post-COVID, all of that, the fog, the energy, um, just was significant. And I'll say for me personally, it was a great way to, if you will, feel or experience what I feel many in our country are experiencing, languishing, energy depletion. Um, we were under... The, the current administrative regime, asterisk, which was causing a lot of just sadness, um, it just misguided things, right? We're all wrapped together. And so it was perhaps five months ago, you know, Stephanie and I accompanied our son-in-law and daughter and baby as he uh, endeavored to do an Ironman marathon, Ironman competition, the full-fledged deal, which is significant. And I was so impressed by Colin, my son-in-law, prioritizing my daughter, prioritizing their baby, working in a new job, new home, all of that while he trained, you know, in off hours to do that. It was such a, a, a I don't know, inspiring to me to see him leaning into this with with all he had. And through that process, some somewhere in the midst of that, I think it sparked in me a sense of, okay, 
I don't know how else to put it. I need to punch back. Like with all of these forces pushing in, I mean, the friction, right? We've been talking about that, the resistance. What am, what am I called to do to not just passively accept what's happening to me, to lean into it? So somewhere in the midst of that, I, I kind of made this agreement with God. It was kind of, man, what if I could run a half marathon? I didn't tell anybody about this. But I began training, so three, four months ago, for a half marathon. Up to that point, for four years, I've been running maybe 10 miles a week, you know, two, three miles a time. And um, this would have taxed me beyond any distance I had ever run before. Anyways, all that to say, it was probably four weeks ago, the Churchill Half Marathon that I completed it and uh, in my record time. And it was, a, it was an occasion not simply to thank God uh, for the gift of the path, right? The gift of um, every day deciding to, to do what God called me to do, regardless of how cold it was or raining or, you know, whatever it was. So... I don't know. That's my victory. And um, I would say this. It's an encouragement, maybe, my small way to everybody that um, we reach resistance points. All along the path to training for over 13 miles, I'd reach, as I acquired mileage, I reached points along that continuum where I'd re- face this resistance and just feel like I just want to stop. But if I just in faith pressed through the resistance, I found kind of a new breath of air, a new life, a new joy. So... I say that to you, brothers and sisters, right now, just move to turn this into an encouragement. If you're facing a resistance point, maybe spiritually, maybe physically, maybe financially, God is the heart of it, and he he simply wants you to, to, in faith, keep pressing into it. Amen. Amen. A current challenge, Steph. Um, Alluded to it before. I'm going to try to keep these brief now, since we've filled this out so much with our daily questions, which is actually kind of cool. So I would say... Um, I'm going to give two because that's who I am. Um, One is in the midst of this beautiful holy season of Advent into Christmas. um, And I'm sure all the women out there, not to sound whatever, but it's a woman kind of thing. Just the. um, What is a woman? Over Matt Walsh has an answer for you. Um, Just with all the stuff that needs to be done, um, just, and you can simplify as much as you want, but things still need to happen, right? Mm. Um, So just the challenge of keeping that interior place of stillness and peace, um, regardless of what's going on around or the the list that gets longer and longer (laughs) of things that need to be attended to. Um, And two, just the the never-ending prayer and beautiful challenge of um, parenting adult children Mm. in a holy right way um so kind of figuring that out and we're so blessed with our kids love them dearly but Mm. you guys all of you who have adult children um know of what i speak so it's again there's no playbook there's no whatever Mm. but just and they're all so different um so that's been a challenge to just to 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 rightly Mm. and with grace and holiness um be that mother that the lord desires me to be to our adult children so it's so good to hear you Um, communicate the contents of your heart with regard to a current challenge. And it's a blessing to me to be who I love you and I want to be attuned 
to those qualities and consider how am I meant to all the more accompany your heart. We share everything you said, of course, as parents, but as a husband, it's an occasion of, I really want to be a steward, caretaker, um, just to hold your heart and a journey with you in this. Uh, and so that's a great gift. Um, and by the way, folks, it's why you do this at ilovemyfamily.us. Um, a challenge for me, I'm going to be really candid. I see the power when we've brought people together with core community and when they do the living gathering. I want to see that more accessible. I want to see more people engaged in that. So a challenge for me, I'd say, is what does it take to do that? What does it take to better platform, encourage, reach people right now who are listening so they they can experience not just, hey, here's the thing, do it, but maybe mentoring somebody to walk along with them. I'd like to see a foundation for that. I'd love to see pastors recognize the capacity if they did this, um, how it would be an occasion of major revival within their parishes and reverberating throughout the diocese, that there's something here that answers the, the big question, then what? And let's face it, uh, in this side of things, that does mean money to pay people to, um, to create resources, the dreams that we have. And so I'm just not disingenuously or manipulatively, but just being straightforward and saying the challenge for me is how, Lord, how are you leading us to do this? What small steps can we take? And I'm just opening up my heart and saying to all of you who are listening, please consider partnering with us, massimpact.us, partner, tab. Steph, an affirmation of someone. Um, first people who came to mind were Jeff and Rachel Elmore. Mm. <laughs> um, and just their beautiful hearts. Many of you in this community in the Toledo area know them as doctors, Jeff and Rachel. Incredible, holistic um, chiropractors uh, and but more than that just their hearts for Christ their love of the Catholic faith their pursuit relent relentlessly of holiness as a couple as a family as um, wherever the Lord has called them so I just want to affirm the their witness and the effect in their um, generosity and sharing their gifts and just who they are and those adorable children <laughs> um, mm. just how they the Lord has touched so many people through them so I want to agree with that and for myself the first thought actually was the woman of the moment Abby Smith Joseph's fiance just to affirm just the joy and delight and wittiness and you know the quality that she brings to our family culture and community she was recently added to the family text string and just I, I smile <laughs> for better or for worse oh for better I mean in our family that's you know it's always joy filled and you know snarky and all the things that family can be but with core love and she just fits right in and I don't know just brings she a, holds her own she really well. does. And, and so that would be the fir first thought. But I have to say what came to mind also was Walt Erickson mm. and Paul Miller last week. We just um, were all very busy. And uh, the week prior, I said, do you guys want to get together and just have some bro time? And it didn't work last week, but uh, two weeks ago. But so last week, we did make it happen. And I can't say strongly enough. If we're making God number one, spouse number two, family number three, if we've got those things in the right order, a little bit of pubbiness for men is absolutely needed. Pubbiness, what do I mean? Getting out, getting with brothers in my case, and just people you can trust and be completely real with and uh, and be blessed by and be a blesser. So this one goes out to Paul Miller and Walt, who've just been very beloved friends among many, many, many others. But those two, we happened to get together last week. We're going to skip over something meaningful happening because over these four... Uh, we've, I want to show All right, go ahead. So it'll be super brief. So something meaningful happening for me is I've been trying to dive 
deeply. Those are my two words for today, I guess. Um, during this Advent, my spiritual reading of choice has been um, Advent of the Heart by Father Alfred Delp. Mm. I think is his name. Isn't that crazy? I'm reading it and I don't even... Yes, Father Alfred, Alfred Delp, Priest and Martyr, Advent of the Heart, Seasonal Sermons and Prison Writings. So... That's all I'm going to say there. Look it up. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful read, certainly focusing on Advent. But he stresses, too, that Advent is truly our lifelong process, right, um, as we await the Lord in our final in our final days, even. But just it's just mm-hmm. really, really beautiful and so meaningful. So I encourage all of our listeners at any point in time, if you're looking for something um meaningful pick up that book alfred delp advent to the heart and last name may be an occasion just to have great gratitude and regard for the beloved delp family in our community who i just uh, i just have such high admiration for every single one cleves and kathy phenomenal kids i got to do that shout out just because it's there they share go. the same last name don't know if there's any relation but it's nice to make these connections and how god inspires us to pray for people anyways folks you're tuned into ignite radio live over the five mighty stations of annunciation radio with greg and stephanie schleter and we're a little out, not not off-roading we're we're being <laughs> folksy have, we're being we us time for the rest of the guy yeah we're Where gonna we do at? it we're we're gonna at least uh touch on it so we're doing okay. the live it gathering guide why because it is a tool that makes christ as an occasion to encounter christ alive in our relationships which i think is the supply of the greatest need at the cornerstone of all that's happening in the world look at the newspapers look at everything happening around us there's nothing uh around us that surpasses what God wants to do with us and within us. We want to make it accessible. It is the gold. It is helping you, us, learn to mine the gold in one another and discover it and celebrate it and connect with it. Um, it creates a, a currency that carries us through life, through the young adulthood and into adulthood. Of the many things that certainly this uh, suggests at the very core, um, this is something that will build your family. So we've done the live it fun questions. We've done the daily questions. Then we let enter into family prayer. Typically, in our home, we would actually begin with this last section. We typically begin with apologies. Why? Just to clear the air so we can be present to one another and to create a culture of apology and forgiveness, which I'm just going to state it is something that through life you just can't give up on. You can't let a day, a week, a month go by without creating occasions to, to forgive and apologize. Um, again, to call upon people who have shared their stories of doing this as a family, in particular, those with younger children have shared with us over and over and over again how it's really helped them form a culture of forgiveness, of apology, that from the, the gratitude that from an early age they're showing their kids um, how to do it, right? So to gather together, and that means moms and dads apologizing to their children, um, and to each other in front of their children and just a real sense of mercy and forgiveness and understanding. And I think more than anything, teaching that language, right? And so it applies for all ages, but what a gift to be able to to do it from such a young age um, who they always say, right? The younger you begin a new language, the easier it is for them to be fluent in it. So in this language of apology and forgiveness, what a great gift. 
Absolutely. By the way, prior to this is really kind of an appetizer. It's just getting us talking, thinking, sharing, coming together, delighting in, in one another. And as we turn to the family prayer, then with the apologies, we, we call it opening prayer. At this point, you've heard Stephanie and I share because we love this. We love our time together. And uh, and that's the way it should be in your family, too. You know, that's what we say. Make it your own. If you're riffing, as we'd say, using kind of maybe a jazz term, if somebody's sharing something and it inspires conversation, a memory, an idea, a thought, let it roll. It is time well spent, not wasted. Steph, lead us in the opening prayer that is offered here. We do encourage you to just do a say a prayer from the heart. Um, but here is a provided prayer that is part of this Live It Guide at ILoveMyFamily.us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for the wonderful gift of our family. Help us to know that you are truly present with us, here and now, listening to us, desiring us to more fully discover you in our love for one another. Teach us of kindness, patience, mercy, and forgiveness. Help us now to really open our hearts to experience you. We recommit ourselves to becoming who we were made to be individually and as a family. Thank you for creating our family in your image and giving us the mission of making your love known to the world. Amen. In the, the Father, Father Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. There's a little video every week. We've got a phenomenal yes, cast yes. of amazing families who uh, essentially produce, I produce, but they send me their own story and video that corresponds to the Sunday, the subsequent upcoming Sunday gospel. Um, again, you can see that new video every week. Very cute, creative, very fun, meaningful at ilovemyfamily.us. You can check that out. Um, then we turn to what typically we'll just say is a heart of it. They are questions from the readings. We're just going to go right to the gospel with the limited time that we have. You could do all three. And by the way, you should get a sense right now that any part of this Live It Guide is enough to tap those streams of living water in a family. If nothing more than just proclaiming the gospel, when they're sitting in the pew on Sunday, they have this sense of resonance, of connection. So all the more if you front load it with questions and talk about them. So those questions are what struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you. What questions did it raise? And then also there's two questions. The second one seeks to tap a key area that we can grow in. How often do your communications reveal your passion for faith in Jesus Christ? Whom is one person who could use hearing from you? What difference might that make? Live it. And then we kind of do a going around experience. Uh, in this case, it would be affirm a specific way each person has inspired you to communicate faith in Jesus Christ. Encourage him, her. So think about that. Say there's five members of your family. You know, and John is first. He's the subject. You're speaking to John. Everybody goes around and tells John a specific way. In this case, he's inspired you to communicate faith in Jesus Christ. You get a, a kind of a saint building capacity here to tune members into one another and they walk away with the delight and joy of their family members affirming them. Now consider how often, be honest, how often do your family members specifically affirm one another, encourage their gifts? That is so formative and this creates that capacity. So with that said, Steph, if you'll please proclaim this coming Sunday's gospel. Gospel according to Matthew. 
Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, Mm -hmm. because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with Mm -hmm. us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we've run out of time here, and that's okay. And you should actually feel that when you do the Live It Gathering Guide. You should feel all the more hungry that it stirred up your appetite for what? For every deeper encounter of Christ in relationships with one another that are forgiven, that are uh, renewed, that are transformed. Um, It should increase in us that sense of attunement to one another. And it should increase in us the awareness that God has really appointed us and anointed us to be occasions of being his grace to one another. So this Live It Gathering Guide, again at ilovemyfamily.us, would end with us talking about those questions. Then there's a time of commitments, real simple. Family members are encouraged to identify one or more manageable area. They're committed to growing in, for instance, patience or helping out. And it's okay to stick with the same area over time uh, and share that success. And of course, it concludes with prayer. So unfortunately, we've run out of time with all our different thoughts and tangents and such, which again is awesome and fun and fine if you do that as a family um, and run out of time, like Greg said, just that yearning for more. So before we close, just want to encourage you again to join us at the final presence for Christmas on our journey to Bethlehem, December 20th at Mary Grove Immaculate Conception, beginning at seven o'clock. We encourage you to join us there. Come adore the Lord with us. There's confessions. There's the talk. Just that time together in praise and worship is priceless. And also, as Greg mentioned, we encourage and invite you to partner with us at MassImpact.us. We are in need of financial support to keep going. And so we just encourage you to pray about um, how you can be the answer to that, to keep this movement of marriage and family alive and well in Northwest Ohio and throughout the world. We just conclude now with a amazing, I think amazing worship song that God has put on the heart of our son Joseph, perfect for this season, and uh, here surrounded by um, the wonderful community of Damascus and Damascus worship, which he has founded and, and leads. And uh, so just enter into this now at this wonderful season, this beautiful song called No Distance. Emmanuel. Until next time. God bless. Hope is the song that you're playing inside of our hearts. A spoke, the space was erased. You are close like the sky to the stars. No, I am known and I'm loved by a God who would bleed out for me. Oh, I'm holding the arms of the one who has come to me.
There is no distance existing in your eyes You're coming close like the sky to the sunrise Crashing through darkness to bring me to your life Emmanuel Whenever I hide you will always go seeking And ready or not here you come in to meet me You fight for my heart and you give me the victory Emmanuel
Close to me, close to me, close to me. 